This is an SBS radio podcast. Settlement Guide. Information, issues and stories about living in Australia. SBS acknowledges the traditional custodians of country and their connections and continuous care for the skies, lands and waterways across Australia. Hi there, g'day, and welcome to this episode of The Settlement Guide, a series where we help you navigate life in Australia. Whether you arrive today, have been living here for years, whether you were born in Australia or you're planning to move here shortly, this series is for you. My name is Claudiana Blanco, and I came to live in Sydney more than a decade ago, and I'm still learning about life down under every day. Today we will explore where you can get first aid training in Australia. Most people never expect to have to respond to an emergency until they have to. Statistics show the numbers of people with first aid training in Australia are significantly lower to the incidence of injuries requiring an urgent response. Probably only 5% of Australians actually have a current first aid certificate and the ability to do CPR actually fades with time. So, what's the best way to get trained up? Let's get started. In 2017, the Red Cross found Australia had one of the lowest rates of first aid training in the world, despite almost half a million injured people being admitted to hospitals annually. Among them, 60,000 are children. Estimates by the Royal Life Saving Society suggest that, on average, 20 Australians die from heart attacks every day. It also found 60% of injuries requiring first aid treatment occur at home. Less than one in three employees feel confident to perform first aid in a workplace emergency. Buckreed has been a paramedic for more than 20 years. He's also a lecturer of paramedicine in Western Sydney University. He says although most people don't undertake first aid training unless required for work, there is merit in doing so. First aid training does two things. It both gives people skills to sort of self-manage situations and improve people's outcomes when they become injured or unwell, but it also gives them confidence. So it's a good way for people to learn about how to respond in situations, not just in terms of hands-on first aid things, but kind of how to mentally prepare themselves. First aid training courses teach people the basics of how to react to various emergency situations and treat different injuries. Mr. Reed says the aim is to give those affected a greater chance of improvement or survival before they can access professional medical services. First aid training is focused on before the help arrives. Having said that, when people call 000, for example, the ambulance call takers will give them instructions over the phone to assist them. Obviously, when you're ringing 000 because something's happened, that's probably not the optimal time to be taking in a whole lot of new information. The more prepared people are ahead of time, the better that's going to work. Certainly, if somebody's more critically ill or injured, you know, we want people to be doing things from the second that it happens before the paramedics arrive. First aid training courses teach people how to perform cardiopulmonary resuscitation or CPR 
and how to use a defibrillator. These are the two most important, potentially life-saving interventions one can make to help someone having a cardiac arrest. Mr. Reed says CPR training should follow the Australian Resuscitation Council procedures. This council, known as ARC, is the peak body that regulates first aid best practice. It is comprised by about 20 member organizations, including institutions like the College of Emergency Medicine, the Council of Ambulance Authorities, and Royal Life Saving. ARC guidelines represent the best available evidence for different first aid interventions, and that's the role of the ARC is create standardization so that organizations who teach first aid can easily reference good evidence. So people should find that courses should align with the ARC's recommendations. Dr. Finlay McNeil is a surgeon and the convener of the first aid subcommittee for both the Australian and the New Zealand Resuscitation Councils. He says there is a multitude of organizations offering first aid training. St John is numerically speaking the largest teacher of first aid in Australia and in New Zealand but there are multiple other teachers of first aid Red Cross is a very good example Surf Life Saving do this Royal Life all teach first aid and in some states and territories also ambulance authorities have taught first aid in the past and some do still there are also many private providers that are registered to offer training dr mcneil again any private provider that is uh, any first aid teaching organization that has an rto status um registered training organization status is a valid choice to go and learn first aid. You'd go to one of the recognized organizations that is the RTOs. While most first aid courses are taught in person, some include online modules. Deblo works as the first aid regional area lead for the Red Cross in Brisbane. She says mixed course delivery options help cater to different learning needs. One of the benefits to having a blended online component is that it allows you to do this at your time and your own pace, which is important for different kinds of learners who may need a little bit more time to reflect, to absorb the information, and also allows to go back and reread and revisit some of that information. And we also, with the online learning component, have the functionality for closed captioning, so that can allow the online component. to also be translated over into a multitude of different languages. Miss Low adds parents and carers have the option to undertake specialized first aid training for babies and children. It covers the difference between say first aid for an adult versus child or infant CPR. We look at safety in the home and how to minimize risk within the home. Medical situations such as choking and asthma, allergies, bleeding. The whole idea behind this course is giving us those tools to feel safe and confident in the decisions that we make and to know that there are other resources or assistance if they need such as nurse on call in Australia first aid qualifications should be renewed every 3 years and refresher training in CPR is recommended every 12 months Dr McNeil explains training is really important for CPR it really does help to have been trained in this and unfortunately at the moment probably only 5% of Australians actually have a current first aid certificate and the ability to do CPR actually fades with time since you last used it first aid courses vary in duration some run for a couple of hours to a couple of days some are nationally accredited others are not 
Some are suitable for office environments. Others cater for outdoor workplaces. Mr. Reed says trainees in workplaces need to ensure the course they choose is suited to their needs. It means that they teach to a specific standard that's outlined for whatever that course is, and there's different first aid modules that address different things, often part of workplace training packages. So, if you're doing it for a workplace reason, it's important to choose the first aid course that is correct for that workplace or for that need. Apart from accredited courses, many nonprofits, community organizations, and ambulance services also offer free first aid training. Mr. Reed recommends looking at the different options available. There's a range of providers that people can look at, and people should look at reviews of the provider or how the course is structured, things like that. And most of the major providers generally are of very good quality, but there's a range of more local community providers as well that are also very good. It's like investigating any other service. It is also important for people to choose a course that's right for their needs. So if they do have small children, then doing a course that's geared towards children will give them specific information that they'll find useful. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Settlement Guide, written and produced by Zoe Thomaidu and hosted by me, Claudiana Blanco. The Settlement Guide managing editor is Rosa Germian. Until next time. This was an SBS Radio podcast. For more Settlement Guide stories, visit sbs.com.au/radio. 